0: I want to really briefly recap some of the things that we've talked about with the kingdom. Do you guys remember what we've talked about? I know we've we, I've been in and out with volleyball lately because my kids play volleyball. They're actually there now. They won two and lost two. So I think they're done now. They're in Foley playing volleyball. It's a lot of whistles, <laughs> a lot of yelling, um, but it's really fun. The kids get into it. So we've been there to try to support them as much as we can, which is my primary focus as a dad. I think it's important. As much as I hate not being here some, I have to be there for my kids. So sorry, but not sorry. It is what it is, um, and uh, it's it's cool to see even how we talk about things here, especially on like a Sunday when we're out there. It's, I'm so used to being here on a Sunday that when we go like Chick Fil A's clothes and different things like that, it's like it's weird. I feel like a heathen out here. I don't even know what's going on. There's, all these people aren't in church, you know. What, what am I doing? It's so strange. Um, so <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, but anyway, so what I have been talking about and what's been on my heart lately um, is the kingdom, as you know, our. The real brief history of our, our church, we, we, when I first came, we were doing a lot of servant evangelism, Steve Sojourn stuff. That's what Mark's going to talk about when he comes back. And then we, we almost stumbled into the kingdom. People just started getting healed, and Mark didn't know what to do with it, so we started learning about it. Um, and in the process, learned about kingdom. So we went through kingdom. It was really cool. Uh, and then we just stumbled into grace, or not into grace yet. We stumbled into sonship, which was an awesome revelation that we all got. Uh, studied sonship for years, some of you guys remember, uh, went through sonship, and then grace hit us in the face, and we're like, whoa, check this out, this is amazing too, and so these are kind of pillars of of our church, they're, huh, amazing. amazing grace, and none of these things are mutually exclusive, like, none of these things are separate, they're all basically the same, you know, we use different terminology, and even when we talk about kingdom here, that encompasses sonship, it encompasses grace, there's the only way that, that this could happen, and so when I'm talking about kingdom here, please hear me, I'm not just like preaching a separate gospel or something different than what we already know to be true, it's just a part of what, what we know to be true, and honestly, the others are just part of this kingdom. And so what what we've kind of led up to, and if you guys remember, I'm going to try to be as brief as possible um, so we can get right to what I want to talk about today, but, and I've actually posted a video, it's a pretty cool video by The Bible Project, which is cool videos, if you want to watch those on YouTube, they're pretty on point, um, which was basically the, the whole kingdom story of all the way from Isaiah, well, all the way from Genesis, this whole kingdom story in Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of this guy that comes, and how the you know the, is God wanted to be with his people. He wanted to be together. Like, he wanted that from the garden. We messed it up, and he pursued us. He made a deal with Moses, like, hey, you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God, everything's going to be great. And we're like, that's a deal, we're going to do that, it's going to be great. And then we messed it all up again. Well, we didn't, they did, but... Essentially, man did, and so they had the cycle. Remember from the old, old covenant. So he, uh, God created a covenant with His people, and that was the old covenant. And there was a cycle of them doing well. God was happy at them. They would do not well. He was angry at them. They would repent. Right. And they had the cycle going on. So this was God's chosen people. But His heart was to be with them. How do you guys remember how He would be close to them? How He would be in their midst? Where was He? In the temple, in the tabernacle. Right. He was in. A box, like the Ghostbusters box. He was like in a box, and in a tent, which was a tabernacle, right? And so that was, funny noises. It was that was God's presence in our midst, right? But He was in one place at one time. There were all these things you had to go through to get to that place to be in the Holy of Holies, right? So there was that whole old covenant. Well, now we kind of fast forward, and this is where we are with this kingdom. The if if you were around during Jesus' time when He was walking the earth, and you were you know a young Jewish boy or anybody. Walking the streets, and you heard Jesus is over here, and you went and listened into what he was talking about. You would hear what would you hear? The kingdom. The kingdom is like this. Kingdom is here. The kingdom has come near. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Everyone that was listening would have heard that. And we we have to kind of put ourselves in that time. We don't talk about kingdoms here, but we have to put ourselves in that time and realize the significance of it. He was talking about something very big, something very, very big, very, very important. <laughs> but very, very, very serious, and so they had, he had their ear, they were listening to what he was talking about with this kingdom, he was saying this, and he didn't only say, this kingdom has come near, he said, what first, repent, repent, metanoia, change the way you think, why, because this kingdom doesn't look like what you think, he had to say that first, repent, the kingdom is coming, repent, the kingdom is coming, he said it over and over and over again, it was, if we, if we could, in a nutshell, talk about what our church is about, it's about Jesus, right, I'll, I'll tell you guys to scratch out in your, all your headers in your Bible and put it's all about Jesus because it gives you proper perspective, right? Make sense? It's, we're a Christocentric church. We're, we're from Genesis to Revelation. Revelation is revelation about Jesus. Genesis is leading up to it. So all of it, it, it revolves around the centric figure of Jesus. So when we look at that, we have to look at it through that perspective. Now, if we'd want to do that and we think, or not we think, we believe that Jesus was the prototype, which he was, of God and man together, good on earth, then we have to look at Jesus ministry. Jesus ministry was full of the kingdom. So brief overview. Make sense? everybody kind of caught up. All right, We're going to talk about the kingdom. huh? It was getting kooky because I wore this goofy thing. It was flopping around. So we're going to use this. My lapels broke because I wore bad uniform. All right. <laughs> uh, so Jesus primary message of the kingdom. Um, Matthew 8 through nine is what we went what I've gone through. I don't know how many weeks I kind of went through it. Which was, if you kind of categorize those, I'm sorry, five through seven. Matthew five through seven was Jesus teaching about the kingdom. Do y'all remember that? He taught about it extensively. It was just, he went out there and talked about the kingdom. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like that. The kingdom is like this. And we talked about it a few weeks ago. It's like a mustard seed. It's small. You may not be able to see it, but it's significant when it when it when it interacts with things. It grows and, and birds can rest on it. You know, and and the yeast. It's very small. You may not be able to see it, but it's going to affect the whole loaf. Basically, he was talking about this kingdom is permeating, it is, it is changing things and is growing and moving, right? So he's giving this, this idea that, hey, kingdoms aren't like you think. It's not necessarily going to be a stallion and a sword. I'm coming on a donkey and I'm healing people. It's an upside-down kingdom. So the least will be the greatest, grace will be the latest, the whole nine yards, right? So he's talking about this and he's moving forward and he's trying to teach everybody that this kingdom doesn't look like what they think. So he teaches, 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 teaches. The Beatitudes we talked about are not prescriptive, they're descriptive. Blessed are you if you mourn. It doesn't mean go out and mourn so that you can be blessed, right? It means, look at this guy. He's mourning. He's not blessed because he's mourning. He's blessed because the kingdom has come in contact because of me, essentially. This kingdom has come, and I'm the king, and you're not blessed because of your circumstances. You're not blessed because of what goes on around you. You're blessed because of me and my kingdom. And so he was talking about this, and he was saying, okay, this, this is how this kingdom looks. This is how this kingdom works. All right. So that started, Matthew 4, 23. Literally says he went around, <laughs> he went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So he taught and he proclaimed, he taught and he proclaimed through all those. So now we get to skip to, since we've already talked about that, we're going to skip through Matthew 8 through 9. Now we're not going to get through all that today. I actually got hung up on the very first <laughs> story, and we're just going to talk about that one. So Matthew 5 through 7, if you're taking notes and you want to keep up with it, is Jesus teaching about the kingdom and proclaiming, teaching and proclaiming. Matthew 8 through 9, he is demonstrating the kingdom, okay? So we've kind of split these up into these categories. So now that we've gotten through and he's taught about it, he's taught about it, he's warned them out about what this kingdom looks like. They've asked him a lot of questions, good questions, dumb questions. He's he's told them, he's entertained them, he's done all these things. Now he's saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and demonstrate this kingdom. So Matthew 8, 1 is where we're going to start. Many of you guys know this story, um, but I saw some things that were really cool in here that I haven't seen before. Now, you have to remember this is coming on the tail end of him teaching and proclaiming the kingdom, right? Matthew 8, 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, <clears throat> there's it's a pretty straightforward story, right? This guy comes, hey, you made me clean. Jesus says, yeah, make you clean, and then he does, and then he goes and tells him, don't tell anybody else. Keep keep it on the D.L. for at least for a little bit. Um, I need to do some things before they crucify me, so he's like, okay, keep it, but go ahead and tell the priest so that they'll know. So there's some key words here that I want to kind of tackle. Uh, the first one is, if you're willing. Now, this guy doesn't question if Jesus is able. I think he knows at at this point who this guy is. He's taught about the kingdom. He's claimed to be the king. Um, it's the same thing we see later on where the general recognizes his authority. I think he, he knows he's able, but his question is, are you willing? That really got me thinking. Like, that that's kind of our... I say our, I don't want to collectively include you in mine. <laughs> my perspective of God was not if he was powerful, but it was, is he willing to, to be a part of my life? Is he willing to to meet me where I am? Is he willing to heal me, right? So that's a pretty common thing. And I breezed past that so many, have you breezed right past that? Not even, I never caught that before. He, I don't think he was questioning at all whether he could do it or not. He was questioning if he was willing. And to me, willing would denote a character, Right? He knew he was powerful, but is he good? Is he compassionate? Who is Jesus? He's the representation of who? God. Is God compassionate? Does God care? Does God want to make me clean? Right? So he's he's asking a very specific question. If you're willing, will you do this? And then Jesus does, and he reaches out his hand, and he touches him. This is another big thing. If you haven't watched, uh, what is the, you got me a shirt. What is it called? The Chosen, if you haven't watched The Chosen, it's good, Um, and there's one scene in there where he touches a leper, and it, I know, shocker, I started crying, I was just like, wow, he, this man that hasn't been touched in years, Jesus goes up and touches him, and he heals him. Now, there's another, there's something to learn about a healer, there's something to learn about uh, a God that that has a good character, that's good, but there's something completely different to interact with one, to to have <laughs> deity touch you. Right, it's a completely different animal. This man hasn't been touched for years. He was outcast. He had to stay away because what he had represented death. He could get other people sick and it could kill them. He had to announce that he was coming. That I'm unclean. Now, yeah. Now, I also find it interesting, here's another key word. He doesn't say, will you heal me? There were There's Greek and Hebrew for healing, for making well. He didn't ask any of those things. What did he ask specifically? Can you make me clean? What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, we just talked about how this whole thing started and ended up. We messed up. God came and made this deal with us and this this covenant. We kind of shook hands, tried to do things well. We kind of messed that up, and he still continued to pursue us and and wanted a relationship with us. But the only place we could go was to this tent with this box. Well, we couldn't because we're Gentiles, but the only place the Israelites, God's chosen people, could go if they had, and I don't want to go through everything they had to go through, if they went through all the steps and did all the things and made the sacrifices and did all the stuff, then they could go into the Holy of Holies and they could be in the presence of God, right? That was God and man together and they were okay. Just small pocket of God and man together okay. That was all it was. That was all they could do. Here's here's where the unclean part comes from. Leviticus, all of our favorite book, Leviticus. Um, so this is what prevents uh, people from entering into his presence. In Leviticus 11.44 says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy, because I am holy. Do y'all hear a repetitive word in there anywhere? What is it? Holy, right? it? What does he equate that to in this text? Cleanliness. This is what the guy was asking for. He was unclean down to the core. We see it, and he was healed from leprosy, and he was 100% healed, but there was something much deeper going on. I love how Jesus does this. There's always layers. He's saying, okay, there's something deeper going on than just just your leprosy. You are unloved. You're an outcast. You feel worthless. You are unclean, and this is what this guy asked for. Make me clean. I want to be able to worship. I want to be able to go to the temple. (laughs) He couldn't go to the temple. He was, he was unclean. He couldn't go. And he asked for something very specific, and Jesus meets him right where he is and says, I'll do that. Now, this is, this is an upside-down kingdom because now this guy's leprosy and his sickness isn't contagious, but God's kingdom is contagious. God's kingdom crashes into this guy and says, I'm, I'm, what you have is not going to make me sick, but what I have is going to make you well. Let that, let that sink in a minute. That's a big deal. That's huge. That's a huge deal. I don't want to make light of it and try to create some scenario that you and I would go through today that could equate to that, because there's not much that I could think of in our culture and our lives. But I will say this. All of us at one point in our lives felt somewhat like that, right? Felt somewhat unclean, that there's no way that God, that I could be in God's presence. There's no way. I mean, do you know the thoughts that I've had? Do you know the things that I've done? Do you know do you really know who I am? <laughs> Let that sink in a minute. Now we talk about all the time freely receiving and freely giving. This is what this kingdom is. It's how it works. There's no, there's no sideways to do it. That's so why he talks about this we'll get to this narrow gate thing. It's not what you thought it was. <laughs> Navigate thing is that this is the only way. This kingdom only works one way. And it's not the way you thought it worked. <laughs> so Leviticus is talking about holiness, holiness, and and you can't come near this because it's unclean. Most of what we would consider holiness, what, I'll let you guys answer. What would you consider holiness? What's holy? Or what would a general consensus of holiness be in you know, a Western American setting or a church setting. Behaving, Behaving well, yeah. What else? Go with girls that do. <laughs> don't smoke, don't <laughs> chew. Don't go with girls that do. Oh, no. Yeah, a basic morality, right? Yeah. Do good, do, you know. And I'm not making light of morality, but I mean, that's a, but that's not at all what he's talking about here. The The actual Greek word is, i probably mispronounced, it, quadash. And it's actually the opposite of unclean. It's really unique and set apart for a purpose, is what it means. So when he, talks about, when he talks about holiness here, it is um, being set apart for a purpose. And I heard a, I heard a preacher uh, give this example, and I like the example, so I'm stealing it, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm not stealing it, I'm sure he doesn't mind. Um, trying to get an idea of what this unique set-apartness, because what we learned, many of you as well as I did, probably in the church, was set-apart meant you don't, <laughs> you don't smoke, you don't chew, you don't run. Yeah, it was setting yourself apart, meaning go to church and hate everybody else. I mean, they didn't say it, but that's kind of what they meant. Like, oh, they're all going to hell, but you're not. Yeah. So, okay. So let's get off that. Let's repent from that. And let's look at what it really means. So the example that this pastor gave that I really liked was uh, um, an office where they have surgery, or I don't know what you would call that. Surgery room. Operating room. room. Perfect. Should have wrote this down. An operating room. I should have listened better when I heard this pastor. Uh, An operating room, right? Well, you have to do certain things to get in the operating room. You have to clean, you know, put gloves on, all these things that you have to go to to be in the operating room. What's an operating room for? (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but it is for, (laughs) I love you guys, all right, (laughs) it's for operating, but it's for people that specifically have things usually that are wrong with them that could be deadly, right, that They could just get get sick or die from, and you need to have – it needs to be very clean to be able to go into that area. And so this guy obviously had to go through a lot of school. Um, Hopefully he did. Um, And then he's got to be very clean. You know, he doesn't want, like, poop on his shoe or anything, going to the operating room. It's not good for – you don't want to drop – you know, he doesn't need to be sick and drop snot in the open cavity of somebody or something like that. So, you, yeah, you, right? So you have to be clean. You have to be clean, trust me, it's gonna get worse. All right, so you have to be clean to go, to go. We hadn't even got we haven't even got there yet. All right. You don't know, but I know where I'm gonna eventually get to. All right, so you have to be clean to, to get in there, right? So that that was the the only thing that, that this pastor could think of, and that thing that I could think of that would be set apart that you had to be to go into this room for this reason, right? Does that make sense? And so that's what this this whole holiness, this kadash is. Is to be set apart for a specific purpose. That guy's there for a purpose. He's clean for a reason. There's a reason why he's doing these things, and that's what that means. It's not just don't don't do bad things, do good things, kind of thing. So um, another good example is in Numbers five. Uh, Lord said to Moses, command, the, and this is this is very clear. It was very clear to to us, well, to them, of what unclean was, and He gives us examples right here uh, in Numbers five. He says the the Lord said to Moses, command the Israelites. Uh, to send away from the camp anyone who has a defiling skin disease, which would be like leprosy, uh, or a sexual discharge of any kind, I told you it was going to get worse, or who is ceremonially unclean because of a dead body, like they've touched a dead body or something. Send away, male and female alike, send them outside the camp so they they will not defile their camp where I dwell among them. Right? So he has a specific thing. Now what do these three things have in common? They don't seem like they have anything in common, but they really do. And the thing they have in common is death. All three would represent death. Death. Not death. Death. Um, the first would be a defiling disease that could be contagious, that could kill somebody else. The, the, the second would be, uh, and this is where it gets, um, I don't think there's any kids in here, but a sexual discharge that's not in a consummation of marriage. You're, you're throwing away seed that could, be, could produce a human being, which is amazing. Essentially, that, would, that is something that would be on you that's not representing of life, but it would be death. The other thing would be touching a dead body that you could, once again, transmit a disease from a dead body. So all these things are representing death. And the reason is because God's not a fan of this whole death thing. He hasn't been from the beginning. Would not recommend. Like, not. And I, re- I still think that's why he wept. I think he wept because he didn't like the idea of death at all. I mean, there's lots of different ideas of why, but I think he just was, Jesus was hurt that his friend had died and he, he brought him back. I think that it really broke his heart because it's not God's heart for us to die. We weren't ever designed to die. So I think in the same way when he's talking about this cleanliness and, and this holiness that, we, that we, we need him, we need to be together, he couldn't have that a part of him because he is life. He's the author and finisher of life. And these things opposed, went against this. What else brings death? Sin. It brings death. It can't be. This is why we thought that there was this, this, this even after salvation, we feel like there's this, this chasm or this big great gap between us because of the thoughts that we have, not because of the position that we're in. That's why when we look at sin in the Bible, there's sin that is, and I'm not going to get into nouns, and, but there's sin that's a verb and there's sin that's a noun. When you are forgiven, you are forgiven of sin altogether, all at once. It doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity for you to commit a sin. It just means that you're forgiven. you see the difference? There's, there's, there's two different things. There's an act, and then there's a position that you were in. Positionally, you're clean. So death and mortality is against what God stands for. He's not about this whole dying thing. He never has been. So how can any of us be clean? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Isaiah 6. Um, this is a vision that Isaiah got, and it's, it's kind of a crazy thing. I don't think it's a bad top, taco dream. It's a legit vision. It says, In the year King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Most of you have heard this. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. This, this isn't the chubby baby you saw. <laughs> I'm sorry if your idea of angels is from Valentine's Day. That's inaccurate. Every angel, we had a discussion about this this morning. Every angel people come and came in contact with, they said, fear not for a reason. People would fall on their faces. It was a bit scary when you see an angel. And I can imagine an angel like this, six wings, two of wings that cover their face, two they covered their feet, with two they were flying. Um, and they were calling to one another, "Holy, holy, holy, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh." Like we were just talking about, is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And if you think about the angel, even with the wings and all the things, he was almost representing all the, all the, all the living things of this earth. He's representing life here. Holy, 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 is the Lord. The whole earth is full of His glory. It's all full of life. At the sound of their voices, the doorsteps and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And what's Isaiah's response to this? Yay! woo God's here. He falls on his face and says, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, This has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. See, Isaiah operated under this Levitical law. He's seeing something in the spirit that hasn't really happened yet. He's he's getting a vision of something that's coming. He's seeing what the truth about God and his character is before it ever actually happens. And the Levitical law says his uncle uncleanliness would have contaminated God's space what actually happened was God's holiness touches him and makes him clean he's seeing something that's coming some 700 or however many years it was later he's seeing something that's going to happen and this 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 coal that touches our lips is the ultimate sacrifice that is the priest forever he's the ever everlasting and ongoing priest that never is dethroned God's kingdom is contagious and it changes everyone it touches The problem we have with that, I don't know if you guys wanted to find it, but I'll tell you. When the kingdom changes someone, it's not always in the way that we want it to. Let me say that again. (laughs) When the kingdom comes and, and, and Jesus moves and changes a person, it doesn't always look like the way that you think it's going to look. And I'll I'll use the example of the God in the box thing of the Old Covenant. God's not in a box anymore. (laughs) You're not walking people into this church to see God in a box. You're out there carrying him to everyone you come in contact with. Do you see the difference? God's not in a box. (laughs) He has made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can give this kingdom as freely as we received it. Let me say that again. (laughs) He has made a sacrifice so that you and I can give this kingdom as freely as he gave it to us. So one of the words I like that they called Jesus was Emmanuel, which means God with us. We can look at this story and it's not just about Israelites and them being unclean and cleansed. It's about all of humanity and God's kingdom touching us and making us all clean. Because he ultimately said look, I want this for all nations. You know, the Jews had an issue with it, but he went ahead and did what he was going to do thankfully, because all of us in here got, got in on it. We were grafted in. He said, look, this kingdom that you, you think you know about looks different. The kingdom that you and I think we know about may look different in every contact and every opportunity that you guys see. Another thing this guy says, he says, uh, not this guy says, Jesus says to go, let me see, what does he say? Go and show yourselves to the priest. Listen, this is what testimony is all about. You know, we talked about a few weeks ago what's been on my heart with video testimonies because we have what's in front of everyone's faces right now if they're not in church. It's their phone. Every one of you, I guarantee you could pick up your phone right now and look on whatever social media you use, and you have pro- at least have over 100 friends, whether they're really friends or not, I don't know. But you have 100 people with which you can contact just like that. Just like that. I mean, that, that in itself is amazing. I was talking to Ben Danny about it this week. We were talking on the phone, and there's a comedian that talks about this. People being on a plane, and uh they just they had just discovered Wi-Fi and on a plane. It was the first time it had ever done it. And this guy gets on, he's on his computer, and he's like, Wow, this is amazing. He's flying on a on an airplane and he's looking at his computer. And I'm like, he's like, Wow, we have Wi-Fi on a plane, that's amazing. And they went out. And this guy gets all upset. He's like, Oh man, this is stupid. And what this comedian talks about, he's like, man, how quickly is this guy so frustrated with something he didn't know existed five minutes ago? (laughs) And now he's frustrated, and he goes on to talk about uh, people being frustrated waiting on the runway, like, oh, I had to wait like 30 minutes, and he's like, man, people used to travel, you know, from, yeah, he's like, you just traveled from New York, you know, to California, and you read a book, or you read, you know, you watched a movie, and you were there. People used to go through generations. (laughs) Trying to get across, like, you lost, like, three or four people on the way. from Died from dysentery. Anyway, so you had this whole, anyway, so this whole idea, and he says, at one point, I always remember the way he said this. He's like, I feel like, he said, people talk about, oh, this chair doesn't go back as far. And he's like, you're sitting in a chair in the sky. Like, what more do you want? Like, this is amazing. Everyone on every, he says, everyone on every airplane should be going, wow, this is crazy. We're flying. You're participating in the miracle of flight. like That's what I think about when I think about, every time I think about the gospel and think about how we've been grafted in, like when we weren't even God's chosen people, I'm like, but we get in and we're so screwed up. Like they were screwed up, but we were real bad. Like we were worshiping other gods and we were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think, wow, how, how, right? I think about that all the time. I was like, this is crazy. This is so crazy that God would include us in this whole, in this story. It's amazing. And you, I know you guys see me when I'm worshiping. I cry sometimes. I'm just like, that's what it is. It's like, how? How does he do that? How could he love someone so messed up, right? That's testimony. That other people need to hear that. Because how many people, including yourself, but how many people do you know that would say, there's no way I can come into the presence of God? There's no way. Just right now, how many people could you think of that you know, whether it's on social media or actually no-no, like normal human (laughs) no-no, no-no. Anyway, how many people do you know that that would say, I'm not going to church. Why? Because they think this is where God's presence is. A lot of people do. But how many people don't think that they're worthy of a holy God who just just exactly, and like I said, not to the level of this leper, but just like this leper would say, "Um, there's no... I'm an outcast, I'm poor, I'm sick. Not just physically, you hear me? Not just monetarily, but I'm poor, I'm sick, I'm broken, I'm broke. That need to hear a story. We heard three this morning. <laughs> we heard one from Lydia, we heard we heard one from Andrew. We, we hear story after story and we need to get these, t- I wanted to have a camera in there just videoing them just now just to hear their testimony. I don't know when we're going to do it, but I I don't know, when maybe Thursday nights or something. We're going to start doing video testimonies. We I talked to the Trapmans. They've got like this cool Airstream. We may just set up a camera, and you guys can just come and do your own video testimonies. We'll edit them later or something. I don't know. we got to figure something out, though, and I'm going to need y'all's help. Because I, I feel like as quote-unquote small as a church we are, we're so rich with history and even... I mean, just the culture that we've seen, and and the 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 transformation that we've seen in people, I think needs to be heard. Yeah, and I agree. But listen, if every one of us in here, I think I've got like eight hundred something friends on my on my Facebook page. I don't know about the other ones. If every and I'm, they're not friends, I don't know how I have that many. I just. Okay. I probably, but I'm just saying, if every one of you guys had over 100 people, imagine what an impact it would make for two-minute testimony to blast out there and somebody catches it and their lives are changed because they heard the gospel. I mean, somebody that wouldn't sit through me talking for 45 minutes could hear a two-minute testimony and hear the gospel in that, and it would change their perspective on things. Maybe they'd come and listen to me for 45 minutes. I don't know. But I'm just saying this is this is the I don't know, how can I put this? I'm not I'm not at all trying to replace, you know that, face-to-face touch, we need that more than anything. We know that it's deprived more than you know. The same reason why this guy felt so unclean, because he was such an outcast and he wasn't. So I'm not trying to replace that. These are seeds that I think that we could be planting that we're not. That's all this is. It's the seeds that we could cast out much further than we could face-to-face. We, I'll tell you this, we had There's a season where we had people that stepped into the position of doing some sound and stuff and thrust me into live streaming. I would never have done that because I was scared of, like, I'm going to be, people are going to hear me outside of this room. I'm not, I might screw up. I mean, I don't know. I might not be that good or maybe, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I was just, I was intimidated by it. But it happened. It was almost forced upon me, and it happened, and it was good. From that place, we met Nancy Bishop. We lost just a few weeks ago. We didn't even know she suddenly passed away. If y'all weren't here last or week before last, that's what we talked about. And her only contact—she was like a part of our family. She, she prayed for us. She even sent money for Pam, Pam Noor when she needed some money. She sent money for Addy when she was going to to, uh, to India. She was a part of our body. We just never met her in person. I mean that—that's hard for me to even understand. And it's all because we started live streaming. She's in Tulsa. I mean, think about that. She legitimately, I could, and I read some of them to you, there's even more than that, where she would just thank us. She'd thank us for just focusing on Jesus and teaching the gospel, and just, she said it was just so refreshing. And I'm not trying to build us up like we're something special or anything like that, but I'm just saying we have something to give, and I think that there's going to be more and more opportunities for that, and I want you guys to be involved in it. It's not I don't want it just to be me. It ain't going to be me. It's going to be you. And I know you. <laughs> it's cool because I look across this room, and I know you guys. You all have an incredible story. Multiple, and they need to be told. So, unfortunately, my gifting is not administration, so I'm going to need some help organizing it. But at the same time, this is the direction that I want to go. Like, this is what I've been thinking about so much lately, and I want to do it more and more. Um, Same thing with anybody watching online. I don't know if anybody is. I guess we're up, right? We good? Anybody online, I mean, comment on the post. Say that you're here or something. Whatever it, whatever algorithm it needs to get to get to get the good news out, uh, say something or just say hey or, or comment or something like that, and we'll go from there. Like there's, I just feel like we're not using the opportunities that we have. That's all, and I want to do more of this. And this is why, when he said go show yourself to the priest, they needed to see that something happened. That's why I always love that. Even as frustrated as Jesus was with the Pharisees, he loved them too, and they need to see it too. Uh, we even talked about this morning in my office how. Even if we disagree with other churches and different denominations, different like that, God loves them too. He loves them just as much as he does us, whether they're preaching a mixed message or not. They need to hear, they need to be loved too. So anyway, stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. Um. Oh, let's see. Tiffany, do you mind coming up and praying? If you do, then you don't have to. Who else wanted to pray? Was it was it you guys? Who else was praying with Tiffany? It's been a minute. Yeah, Margaret. Margaret. I'm sorry. I was trying to remember who it was. You guys come up. Um, I'll pray, and then if you guys want to come up, if you guys need prayer, uh, these two guys want to pray for you. These two girls want to pray for you. I say you guys generally, but I mean girls. Sorry. Father, you... Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for, um... Lord, I thank you for your grace. Thank you for for this this wind in our sails that we can do this stuff knowing that you carry the, the, you carry the heavy part of this. Father, I thank you that you have made our, our burdens light. Lord, you've created this atmosphere that we can, we can carry your kingdom and we can share it with others and, and not have this preconceived notion of what the results are going to be because you carry the results. We just plant the seeds. So, Father, I thank you that as we, we pray for one another and as we love one another, Lord, that just like every prayer should be, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.